Welcome back to another edition of Kit Elkai, the podcast. I am your host, Michael Kraft. I'm joined this week by our second new co-host, Eli Hadley. Good to be here. And joining both of us together is Professor uh, Derek Wetton. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. I appreciate this opportunity. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you. I haven't had a faculty member on in, gosh, I think maybe two months, something like that. It's been a while. So it's good to have you on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, no worries. So... Um, we talked before, and, and so you teach business, right? Yes. And among a few other classes, I had you for my um, for my political science classes. I guess what two semesters ago? Uh, back in the fall. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you had talked to me about how, especially in, in your business classes, you work with a program called Capson. So kind of it's like a business. Um, uh, well, how how do you describe Capson? Uh, so I teach the, uh, I've taught for several semesters now as an adjunct, the introduction to business class, all business students required to take it. And a lot of the class is built around an online business simulation game called CapSim, mm-hmm. uh, where the students are managing a business, uh, making decisions about uh, marketing budgets and uh, innovations to their products and pricing uh, and whether to take out loans and to sell stock and just lots of different aspects to a business. Uh, the students, uh, we teach them about all the different parts of, of a business and then they play this game where they learn how it all works together. It, it integrates uh, the different business functions. Uh, it's a, a great teaching tool. I really enjoy it. It's very engaging for the students, a lot of fun. It's difficult. Uh, Quite often they use the same course in uh, upper-level college classes, business classes, and so it's challenging for them. Uh, There's there's quite a learning curve, uh, but it's fun. It's a good, good teaching tool uh, a fun way for the students to learn. And it also, uh, I really like that it helps develop analytical skills, teaching the students how to think, how to analyze. Uh, if I do this, what will be the effect? What if I do this? And they can learn how to start thinking in that way, which really is a good, strong business skill. Uh-huh. Definitely. That, sound, that sounds great. Um, we kind of talked before about how you thought or you've been like kind of concerned, worried that some students in your classes who English is their third, second language, that they might not be able to to work as well as, as a native speaker with Capstone because sure. it's kind of like a um, different, it, it requires a lot of reading and kind of like making sure that everything is like accurate and, and works in a very specific way. Yeah, I I was really concerned the first couple of semesters that I had some stu- the end of the semester, uh, through the semester we play in groups and individually we play this game. Then at the end of the semester they do what's called a Comp XM exam, which is playing uh, an individual version of Capsum that is more difficult, even a little bit more advanced. And some of my students were doing really quite poorly on it. Yeah. Uh, some students did well, uh, but 
there are some each semester just did really, really poorly, and I was kind of dismayed by it and wanted to figure out if there's something I was doing as a teacher uh, that I wasn't preparing them well enough. I wondered if there were some some factors involved that that maybe just were they were at a disadvantage. Uh, I wondered about the international students who English is a second language and and there's vocabulary and business terminology uh, that were new to them and and really was a problem for them that really uh, hampered their learning and their performance on the exam. Uh, just looking for wondering if it was their school systems that they'd come from internationally that just didn't prepare. I, I was looking for any sort of commonalities, anything that uh, that gave me some clues, some understanding to why they are doing so poorly. And then, of course, if there's something that I can fix, awesome. If not, then what can I do to help them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, on that topic, like, so we live in this very international uh, environment here in BYU-Hawaii. What would you say are some of the greatest advantages and also some of the disadvantages of being a professor at a school like this and teaching people who um, you know, might not always have English as their first language? Sure. Uh, very good question. I actually grew up in Laie. I moved here uh, when I was eight years old. Uh, I think about David O. McKay, the mural out on the front of the McKay uh, Center, with the children at the flagpole. And I was one of those kids. I grew up in Lai Elementary. I uh, did May Day. I, I grew up and I just so, so loved uh, that the richness of the culture, uh, the generosity of the people, I really impacted who I was, graduated from Kuku High School, did some schooling here at BYU-Hawaii. Just really, from my own firsthand experience, developed a great appreciation for the diversity, the learning in a very diverse environment, really came to appreciate how important that was, how much it shaped who I am. I like to say that that some of the things that I like best about myself are because I grew up here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now I'm back uh, as an adjunct faculty and and really enjoy teaching and appreciate, again, still the value of the diversity of our student body, uh, of cultures, of socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, of different ways of learning, different school systems in different parts of the world prepare students differently. Uh, all that comes together and... Uh, it does present a challenge uh, because uh, because the students have learned differently yeah. and, and at different levels. Some mm-hmm. school systems, some countries are much more rigorous academically than others. Uh, some have a more, they have different focus, different things. Uh, some are more math and science focused and others are more uh, social studies, humanities focused. And so uh, different students are going to come to to different classes with advantages and having been prepared differently and and some 
some classes they're an advantage and other classes they might be at a disadvantage. And, and so that presents some challenge to me as an instructor uh, and, and to you as students as well. Uh, and, and really what we're trying to do uh, personally and I think as a university is we're trying to, to, I use the term level up, help all the students get up to the same level uh, wherever their weaknesses or, or whatever may be to, uh, to bring them up to the same level uh, while also pulling from each other's backgrounds and diversity and sharing that and learning from that, learning together. Uh, and as we bring in the, the so many different perspectives on a topic as we're learning about something and the different perspectives of that come together from the, the diversity in the classroom, uh, it really is a rich, wonderful learning experience. Yeah. Can be. We, you know, that's what we're striving for, and and always trying to learn how to do that better. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of that on campus, and yeah, this is a school unlike any other in the world with the level of diversity and level of um, you know, different ideas and and the faculty we have here. So, from what I get from your answer, you seem to believe that you know any challenges that you may face as far as language goes, that they're worth it. You know. Uh, for the education of the students. Sure, yeah. I, uh, and again, that's part of trying to help every... We're an English-based university, uh, and so trying to help everybody get their English skills uh, at least to a, a common standard, minimum standard. Uh, and, and then when we get into the classroom and learning business or whatever other uh, topic... Uh, I was concerned that that my students who were doing really poorly on the Comp XM exam, I wondered if it was their English skills were really holding them back in the class and in the exam. Uh, wondered what else it might be, uh, so I decided to uh, put together just a very simple survey of my students, asking them questions. Uh, where are you from? Did you grow up in a, a bigger city versus a real small rural area, small town rural area? Uh, where they went to high school, figuring, wondering if that might really impact uh, their performance on the exam. Uh, several questions uh, can't think of off the top of my head, but the two that I kind of was curious about is if they had grown up playing uh, strategy games like Monopoly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, on a Sunday afternoon, playing Monopoly, playing Risk. Uh, wondering if there's any correlation with, with those kinds of activities and their scores, and then also computer, uh, computer games, and more than just the Pac-Mans, but kind of some simulation, strategy sorts of games. Uh, and so those were questions as well. Uh, I was surprised to see very little correlation between their scores on the exams and their English skills, whether it was their first native language or a second or a third. That mm -hmm. really surprised me because I thought okay. there would be some. Yeah. Uh, and, and there wasn't. Okay. Uh, and big town versus small town, whether they grew up uh, whether they'd had business classes before in high school or whatever, uh, 
a very little correlation with all those things. The two things that really sh stood out with the strongest correlation, doing all the statistics, statistical analysis and everything. Number one is if they had played uh, computer games, simulation games on the computer. That was the strongest correlation. Then the second was if they had played Monopoly and, and strategy-type board games. Mm -hmm. uh, those were the two things that really seemed to have had the strongest correlation with their CompXM exam scores. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised and also excited because those are some things I could address in class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I wondered about bringing in Monopoly and let's play Monopoly for a week. And... Uh, I like that class. <laughs> you know, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, but it it would be to the kids that grew up playing that, they would do well at it. But those that didn't would learn how to play. And, and it's develop, developing some thought processes and analytical skills and those kind of things. Uh -huh. You know, is really what it was. And then the computer games, so, well, we can find some computer games to get the students engaged and... Uh, and as I kind of explored a little bit more, uh, I think there's a little bit of an intimidation factor. Uh -huh. You know, a student from the South Pacific or for, from poor countries in Asia uh, who didn't... Oh, I also asked if they grew up with a computer in their home mm -hmm. and if they had the internet in their That's home. I was curious factor. about that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there seemed to be a little bit of an intimidated, intimidation factor that this high-powered computer simulation game, if a student hadn't grown up playing computer games, then it was a little intimidating to th have that be their first real exposure to simulation yeah. games mm -hmm. where other kids that grew up playing video games, and, uh, mm -hmm. hey, this is fun. You know, I yeah. they're excited about a new opportunity, something new to learn and to conquer. Uh, and so my, uh, my solution... Uh, as far as how to how to help these students, uh, is I found a, a very simple lemonade stand game online uh, where the students uh, are playing seven days of this game, and they buy their lemons and their sugar and their ice and their cups, and they set how their recipe for how much lemon and how much sugar in a cup and how many cubes of ice. And the weather changes each day, and they've got to manage their money and sell their lemonade and raise their prices on sunny days and lower their prices on cold, rainy days. Really a pretty simple game, yeah. but it's fun as well. And I started doing it the very first day of class. We'd spend a few minutes and going through the syllabus, and then I'd say, get out your computers. We're playing this lemonade game. And the first day of class, we're playing this game, and everybody, there's no hesitation to jump in. It's simple enough. Anybody can learn it, mm -hmm. get going, and put them in pairs if we need to. Uh, and I have some homework assignments with that to keep playing it and learn how to, to get better at it. And you get points based on how much money you make selling lemonade, how much profit you make. Uh, and then another assignment where we got into uh, financial statements, profit and loss and balance sheets and started to teach them about that. But it, it, it was a fun way to get the students playing games online. And for a lot of the students who grew up in the United States, 
playing video games, it was just a fun activity, and I don't know what we're really learning, but it's fun. And so I did financial statements and, and made sure everybody was learning something. But the students, uh, South Pacific, and even students here from Hawaii that grew up in Hawaii, but culturally just did not grow up playing games. Um, in the poorer areas in Asia, they they had fun and they were not scared of computer games and, and weren't intimidated. So we moved uh, fairly quickly into CAPS and we started teaching that. Uh, they were comfortable jumping in and they'd already started to develop a little bit of the analytical skills and the fun of let's figure out this game and that carried over into capsum and by the time we got to the complex m exam at the end of the semester the lowest scores were not as low yeah hmm. and i really saw an improvement in the low scores and and that was really what got me looking at this is the lower scores i dismayed in the beginning and the simple lemonade stand game uh, helped uh, help the students to to not feel intimidated, to start develop skills and have fun with it, and it uh, was a good learning experience for them, for everybody. Uh, but it really helped them get started through the semester. By the time we got to the end, they were much more successful, uh, and, uh, and so it was, it was fun. It was encouraging to see that, and I've been thinking more about uh, trying to do even a little bit more research and and how if if we did start out with lemonade and then we do another week on another game that's a little bit more advanced and would that yeah. help even more mm -hmm. so still a lot to figure out a lot to try a lot to learn but uh, but it was fun it's been neat to see how that's helped no that that's really good and I think it goes back to what you're talking about before was kind of like trying to level everybody up and make sure everyone is kind of on a, an equal playing field as you go into like more further along in your course. Um, because we have people who are kind of like a little bit farther behind and then it takes a while for them to keep catching up. It can just kind of create more and more space between where they want to be in and where they are. Yeah. Um, real quick before we wrap up, um, what's one thing you would tell to a student who, who feels intimidated or kind of like, a daunting task especially now that everything is online and everything is kind of like you have to figure it out a little bit on your own what's one thing you would tell the student to help you oh that's a good question i have heard i guess the first thing i'd tell the student especially with uh the semester being all online uh is be patient with your semesters there with your professors excuse me be be patient with professors we are learning how to do this as well uh the university has is, is scrambled and given us some good resources and really trying to help us. But we're, by and large, we've not had a lot of prior training to teaching online. It's very different to teach mm -hmm. online than it is in the classroom. Yeah. It's two different skill sets and approaches. Uh, and and we, most of us don't have that prior training. The university is really doing well to teach us and help us, but we're learning as we're teaching and and so be patient with your professors uh i would say give them some feedback i think that don't be afraid to let your professors know that this is i'm struggling one with the learning and i'm struggling with how you're develop how you've organized a course online 
give them some feedback. I certainly, I think most professors would be glad for some feedback. As I say, we're trying to figure it out as we go. And mm -hmm. so any student feedback is valuable, helps us to change and improve uh, through the course of the semester. Uh, my other advice that comes to mind would be to uh, to talk to your classmates. It's so much harder now because we're all separated uh, geographically and, and otherwise. It's harder now to, to talk with your classmates, but I think it's that much more important. Yeah. Fortunately, technology, we've got great technology through Canvas. You can reach out to any classmate. We've got video, pick up the phone. Uh, your generation kind of grew up texting and messaging and not as much phone calling, mm -hmm. but pick up the phone and call somebody and talk through and help each other through it. I think there's a lot of value in, in that. Uh, and so now that it's harder to talk to your classmates and help each other through it, uh, I think it's that much more important. And so my advice would be to to reach out to classmates and and kind of help each other through it, learn together, uh, and uh, encourage each other, and and I think you'll find more success as you do. And, and certainly, we understand professors uh, we're being a little more lenient, a little more accommodating because we know the environment is tough. Well, definitely, yeah, I think. Um... As a student, it's it's nice to hear that, and it's true. Like it's tough, and you know everyone's got to, everyone's trying to figure out how this is gonna work. Um, but that being said, thanks so much for coming on uh, this afternoon. Thank you. I always enjoy hearing myself talk, so I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, for real. Um, we'll be back again at the same time next week with another great guest. And with that, we are out of here. <laughs>